Welcome to Uncontained, episode 64. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and if this recording sounds like I'm very, very far away from the mic, well, that's because I am. I'm still over in Europe, and, uh, well, I don't have my regular mic here, so please forgive the quality of this intro recording, but I will be back recording intros on regular equipment before too long, so it doesn't sound sound so crappy. Anyway, this episode is far from crappy. You like that transition there? Actually, that was a horrible transition, but hey, I'm on vacation. I have a great episode coming up for you, though, with singer-songwriter Danielle Hollowball. Danielle has some great advice on avoiding shady management companies and what to look for when you're signing up for a management company she also has some exciting things on the way including a compilation cd featuring her single higher this intro's already gone on too long so i won't keep you waiting any longer here's my talk with danielle hollabaugh i've been bullied i've been beat down told i wasn't good enough been rejected i've been cast out never more desperate for love there were days that i wanted to die just let go and give up the fight save your words and all your weapons cause i've heard it all before you can try but you're never gonna break me down no you're never gonna shake No, 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 no. 
Danielle, welcome to Uncontained, and how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, joining me on the show today. I was listening to your music, and I was like, wow, this chick has some talent. She's really good. She can do, you have like a range, like from Thank you. <laughs> from pop music to more of uh, a rock music vibe going to like more like the Flyleaf vibe, Lacuna Coil, or Evanescence even. And uh, before we go into more of your music, you want to just tell us and my listeners a little bit more about yourself. You want to tell my listeners how you got your start in music? Um, so I've been performing since I was a kid. And I guess when I was little, my, my babysitters would tell my parents, oh, you sing, um, or she sings. And it's really good. So when I got a little older, my parents signed me up for a theater camp. And I just started performing more and more. My dad is a kickboxing instructor, so they put on, like, um, fight events, and I would sing at those. Okay. And it just kind of snowballed, and I eventually got to perform at a showcase and a couple of competitions. And, yeah, it's gotten better and better. Right on. So you started at a very young age, and it's really cool mm -hmm. that you had parents, like, supportive enough to be like, okay, we'll nurture this talent. Oh, yeah. And your dad was a kickboxing instructor? He is. He he still is. All right, mm -hmm. that's kind of, that's kind of cool. When did you yourself realize that you were a good singer? I don't know. I would always, like, for the longest time, I would listen back to myself and be like, ugh. <laughs> but <laughs> there eventually became a point where I think it was um, – even after I'd been competing and doing showcases, I was kind of going through the motions for a long time. And then I recorded my first demo. And that's when I really not only realized that's what I wanted to do. And that's when I was really like, wow, I, I can do this. So it was really cool. And how old were you when you recorded your first demo? My first non-original demo, I was 13. And that was like part of a package that I had signed with this agency at the time. It was not a good agency. Uh, okay. <clears throat> it was one of those scam taking my money agencies. But are they still around? <clears throat> um, are they still around? Um, I don't know. All right, I was gonna be. I'm do you sure. want to warn people against them? <laughs> <laughs> they were called Rachel Carter Entertainment. Um, I know one of the clients wrote a letter threatening to sue them, but I'm not sure what came of that. I've Googled for them because I've always wondered about like the other clients because I, I got to know them pretty well. So okay. time and again, I would be like, oh, I wonder what they're doing now. Yeah. The agency is kind of a starting point and I wouldn't see their website anymore. So I don't think they're I don't think they're a thing anymore. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But you said they kind of got you in the door and connected a little bit. Is that yes. correct? <clears throat> yeah, I met an amazing vocal coach through there. I still work with him today when I can. And I also met my photographer. I still go to Orlando for headshots every couple of years. So um, I really was connected with some amazing people. Okay, well, at least you got that out of it. But what, like... For people who are looking to get like started out or want to avoid the pitfall of signing up with a 
like kind of scammy type uh, management company, what are some of the things that they can look for? Or what did they do that was scammy? The big red flag is that they ask for money up front and they say, we're going to provide you with headshots and, and all this stuff. And they're not supposed to force you to use their, like their people. You should be free to kind of have your own stuff. Okay. And definitely the most important thing is that you never pay up front. Any good agency does not make a penny until you make a penny. So that's, okay. that's the biggest takeaway for me. So you said any good agency doesn't make a penny until you make a penny? Correct. They usually take like 10, 15%. I think 15%. 20 might be the most. I don't, I don't remember the exact numbers. All right. Yeah. Well, that that is definitely good to know, and a lot of things like mm-hmm. avoid like the pay to play type things, pretty much. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, that that will be helpful for people getting started out. Um, now, your music. I was listening to it the other day. Like how how is? Did you where did you start out in? First of all, where did you start? What type of music did you start out with? Like, I noticed listening to your music the other day, you had quite the range. Did mm-hmm. you start out with uh, more of a rock background, or did you start out with more of a pop background? So it's interesting. I've always had these two sides to me. When I recorded my first original demo, it was kind of weird because I had a pop and a rock song, and then, like, a ballad. Um, two of them are Christian songs. Um, and... The pop one, like, back then, I kind of, it was where I went to Orlando and the track was already made for me. They had kind of made it more rock without me there to guide them on the process. So um, it was kind of just like a, it was kind of a by chance thing. I always had both in me, but uh, that's kind of more where I started out. And then I recorded my second demo and it was pretty much all rock stuff. Okay, cool. So... Um, which one do you identify with more? Is there like one where you're like, oh yes, I get to do a rock song today, or I feel more like doing a pop song today, or is there one that's more at the root of who you are? Um, I think both are equally like at the root of who I am, although lately I've been more inspired by pop music. Um, I still have rock ideas, uh, but I, I think because I listen to more Top 40 in general, that's just what comes to mind is more pop stuff. Okay, perfect, perfect. And you actually have uh, an album coming out shortly, correct? Yes. Uh, what is yeah, the later name this of, summer. Okay, later this summer. What is the name of your album that's coming out? I have not come up with a title yet. <laughs> that still... is a very good title. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great title. Okay, so you're still working on naming it. And it comes out later this summer. So that's going to be a dance party music CD, correct? Or is it going to have some of both on it? Uh, My album is going to have a little of everything on it. Uh, Definitely a lot of EDM type music, um, some regular pop, and then you've got a couple of the angsty rock tracks. Um, I'm still writing and recording for it. Um, So... It kind of remains to be seen if there's any new genres, because it all depends on what my brain decides to churn out, I guess. <laughs> but uh, gonna come out with a rap track a next. <laughs> that is the one thing. <laughs> I, 
I had a demo a couple of songs a couple of years ago, and she said that I had to rap on it. And I was like, wait, uh, that's not a good idea. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it worked out because it was kind of like a girly rap, like Valley Girl. I don't know how to explain it, but it was a song written for like, they were being demoed for Disney Channel, so... <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. I can kind of get yeah. the idea of the rap in my head right now. I love rap music. It's just not a talent that I have. Hey, it's, it's <laughs> good to know It's good to know your uh, boundaries and also good to have a wide taste in music when you're a recording artist, too. But, but I do love... I love singing hooks for rappers. That, that's really fun. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... Right now, you also, along with your album that is currently untitled, uh, coming out this year, you have you're going to be on a compilation disc, right? By uh, like a a party compilation disc. Yes, the CD is called "Wanna Party." It's going to have 20 artists on it. Um, my single "Higher" is going to be the song on it, <clears throat> and it's all basically a combination of different pop musics it's all really fun music there's some like funk in there and just different kinds of things to make you want to get up and dance and are these all indie artists too yes okay okay. it's by uh you told me it's by indie power correct that's putting it out all right Mm -hmm. cool so you'll be on a compilation you got your cd coming out now we haven't talked about this yet in the episode, but you've had some major obstacles that you've had to overcome to get to where you are right now. You have actually done all this since you were six, right, in the music industry, and had to deal, uh, overcome uh, blindness, right? You were mm-hmm. born blind? Yes. Have you noticed any challenges, per se, directly related to your blindness on stage or recording um definitely not recording uh, well i take that back so i'm a session singer and i've had hang-ups because there are some companies and some people who only want people who sight sing and it's kind of hard to get to them that um what i lack in the ability to see the music and read the music is I'm a really fast learner. I have perfect pitch. I have a really good ear so I can knock things out pretty quickly, but they, they don't understand, I guess. They don't really want to hear from people who don't have their exact specifications. Um, I've still gotten plenty of people to work with, but that, uh, that is kind of the only hang up with recording as far as on stage. Um, I have been asked before, like, um, can you do choreography? Like they kind of have concern about that. Um, when I auditioned for X Factor, I made it to the executive producer round and that's one of the questions they asked me. And of course I was like, yeah, I can learn anything. I can learn a routine and, and do it just fine. I've been doing it since I was a kid and they, of course, um, I didn't get picked for the show, but I think that's a big thing that people worry way too much about that they shouldn't have to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so for 
people who don't know, you were talking about sight reading music. Is that just when you go in there, they give you the sheet of music and you just have to read it and sing it as you're performing and Mm -hmm. recording? Okay, how does the process of you learning a song go then? Do people just tell you the lyrics and how it's supposed to go? Or um, how, how do you go about... What is your process in learning lyrics to a song that you have to sing the hook to that you may not have wrote? Um, luckily for me, a lot of the producers I work with have sent me tracks ahead of time with like a guide vocal, like of the melody that they want and the lyrics. Sometimes the melody will be like just played on a piano if the person like really does not want to sing. Okay. And then there's sessions, especially background sessions where I can just go in and listen and think of harmonies right away and or we can record things line by line like they just kind of tell me how it should go and then I'll sing it right okay. after them so there's a lot of ways to do it all right sure. this is a serious question it may sound like a joke but do they have mm-hmm. sheet music in braille they do but it's kind of counterproductive because braille is such a slower medium like a slower way of reading you, there's no way that you can read like um, the in time with the music. That they want. Yeah, there's no way. Okay, so. all right. I, I was just curious on that. That if like if any companies did at least send, or maybe send you like the braille version of a song and like for you to learn before you got there. But it sounds like the sending the audio track is a much better way to do it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on stage, you were talking about uh, the X Factor and having to learn dance routines and stuff like that. You say that's not a challenge. Are there any challenges that you do run into on stage? I think the only challenge thing that I find challenging is that like when you can't see other performers, it's kind of I think I'm a little more lost as to what to do on stage when I'm singing my own stuff that is not choreographed. Like, oh, what do I do? Um, So that's been a challenge over the years. But, of course, you you can talk to people around you and they kind of let you know what the norm is and that kind of thing. So that helps for sure. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sorry for all the questions on the blindness. It just kind of intrigues me a little bit, Uh, Mm -hmm. especially since, like, when I was 27, I lost sight in my right eye due to a stroke of the retinal artery. Oh, wow. And so it's, you know, like, kind of wondering how people, like, get around if they're completely blind. When I see people who are blind, I'm like... Uh, that could have so easily been me and I don't know. It just intrigues me a little bit. I relate to it. Well, halfway, only one eye's gone, but I, (laughs) it's like hard to imagine like how to, how it'd be if I had to navigate without any sight, you know, and just with my experience, it makes me respect you going after your dreams and pursuing this even more. You know? Yeah. So, um, but I also don't want this show to become about your blindness. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to showcase your talent on here and I'd love to play uh, a track at the beginning of the show. Um, like before everything, play, play maybe your <coughs> higher track just to showcase your yeah. vocals. And mm-hmm. that's the reason why I was getting into the blindness so much. But oh, it's all good. Um, what is your favorite aspect 
of of the singing process? Is it recording? Is it performing live on stage? And it's definitely recording, for sure. Definitely recording. Yeah, okay. I love it. What makes you like recording more than the live aspect of it? It's not something I can really put my finger on. It's just whenever I leave the studio, even if it's a session for someone else, I'm just like on cloud nine. I'm like so excited and happy. And I think it's just because recording, there's <clears throat> especially nowadays, it's so easy to perfect. Like the finished product of what you have is like the most perfect version, like the closest to what you actually want it. You can't yeah. replicate all the stuff live because you don't have like editing or anything like that. So I think recording is so awesome, especially with my own stuff, because you really can, you really can, it's an art of, in itself. And when I'm doing it for other people, I it's just like such a cool feeling to know that I'm helping bring their stuff to life and it's it's just awesome performing okay. i think is so hit or miss because when you have a great crowd it's amazing <clears throat> sorry yeah. um and if it's like a room full of five people i feed off of energy a lot okay so if it's a like dead crowd and there's like a few people it's harder to get that same kind of adrenaline but if it's like huge crowd when everyone's hyped up it's like the best feeling in the world i i understand that completely like i've done stand-up comedy and nice and stuff like that i haven't done it for a while so it's, i find it hard to call myself a stand-up comic so because mm -hmm. i focus on this uh podcast right now but I the shows <laughs> the shows sure you could you can get up and sing in front of like a bunch of people you could get but up here's and tell the thing jokes. is that like People can clap no matter what. Like laughing isn't um, like kind of involuntary response. My husband was because he's he did like a comedy workshop and he was saying like the worst part is people cannot like make themselves laugh the way they can make themselves clap. So you know how you're doing while you're performing, and that's just like horrifying to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. We also can use that to feed off of the audience and kind of correct where you're going and be like, That's okay, that didn't work with you guys. Let's try this. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the I've heard Chris Hardwick. Uh, do you know who he is? I love him. Yeah. Okay. I heard him. He has a perfect analogy about, like, comedy versus music. Like, music, mm -hmm. he like he's like a lot of com comics, like, kind of envy musicians because you can have a song and you can play that song, sing that song over and over and over again. And the crowd would be like, dude, I want to hear that song. I love that song. But once you tell a joke, it's kind of like a magic trick. Once the joke's been told, you can't keep going back and telling that same joke because people, it loses its like, um, not to use the same word in the definition, but magic and element of surprise if you keep going back and telling that same joke. But... I thought about that because I went to see Jim Gaffigan a couple of years ago, and um, at the end of his set, he told the Hot Pockets joke, which is like one of his most famous oh, yeah. <laughs> bits. And I was kind of like, what? <laughs> and I thought about that too. Like, if there were a concert, everybody would be like, yeah, let's. And What's your hot pockets? Were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, so like that like uh Chris Hardwick analogy was just like, oh my god, that's so perfect. Like uh a band can tour for life on the same album, like if it's good enough and a comic can like do one special and once that special airs, can't really go back to that joke. That's kind of like the bad thing about um if you really make it and have like way too many hits is that <clears throat> sorry. Um your your fans like you have the like, true blue fans who always like support you no matter what, but then you have like the more casual fans who want to go to the shows and hear all the hits. And there's a lot of bands that I'm the same way. Like if I I don't like them enough to like want to hear stuff that I'm not familiar with, but then there's bands that I'm like super super into and like oh I want to hear the new stuff. So it kind of sucks that like once you get to that point, like less and less people want to hear what you're like you have to keep playing the same old stuff when you have all these new creative ideas but uh of course i haven't gotten to that (laughs) (laughs) you will you will you keep at it but that's like uh radiohead you know Mm -hmm. uh they actually from what i've heard hate the song creep they hate (laughs) the song creep but they have to play it like every show Mm -hmm. Otherwise, people are like, dude, you didn't play Creep. But it was like so like not necessarily them when they recorded. It was more like poppy, more, you know, of not an actual Radiohead song. But they're they're stuck playing that or else people get upset because you grow and you change and you're not so into your older stuff anymore. And it just like doesn't feel the same. And it's not as easy to play something you're just not into. But the average person like just doesn't understand that. Like, yeah, because they never been through it, kind of thing. But you know, you almost have to just bite the bullet and play yep. it because that's what your fans want, and they're the ones that pay you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's they're like, really the ones that made you even before like you made the album. They're the ones that say like go for it. They're the ones that kind of support you. So they definitely deserve to get what they want. For sure. Yeah, exactly. And they bought the ticket to the show. And a lot yeah. of them came like, dude, I hope I, I can't wait to hear that song live. It's going to be awesome. And then if they don't play it, it's like a crash. So um, who are your favorite bands to check out? Oh, that's so hard. I'm I know. Really I kind of hate that question. I'm kind of a dick for asking it. But <laughs> like... <laughs> But not not necessarily your favorite band, but some of your favorite bands that you like to go see. Um, I like a lot of the like more festival type concerts where everyone does like a shorter set of <clears throat> kind of like their best stuff because I don't have the attention span for a long like long show. Um. I definitely like a lot of, as as far as bands, I like a lot of the Evanescence style, female fronted rock. Um, okay. And then kind of on the pop side, just anything I hear on the radio over time. <laughs> okay. Vocally, I would say um, my biggest inspirations have been Celine Dion, of course, because like her voice is amazing like just so clear and smooth and then um also Ann Wilson from Heart has just like has always had this really powerful voice and even pretty recently she had has kept it up like amazingly like I want to 
I always looked at her and like, I want to still sound awesome when I'm her age, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. So mm. you've got like the, the clean vocals and you've got the person who has just the power behind her voice. So I think those two really have it covered for me. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about going on the X Factor. I'm sorry, I'm just kind of jumping around mm -hmm. here, but like you were talking about going on the <laughs> X Factor. Have you thought about going on any other like shows? I know like Idol's done, but there's like The Voice. And... Oh yeah, I've auditioned many times for all of them. <laughs> okay, all right. Have you got to perform on stage for for the judges to see if they turn around or? I have not. I come close i can't really talk about it but it's it was definitely um i definitely got really close on the voice and but i never actually got to meet the judges or anything like that okay all right because i was thinking like with your story <laughs> you could easily get one of those uh you know how they do like the little look into the performer like talk about the performer yeah. a little bit beforehand I was thinking it's, the producers would be like, this is gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a catch-22 because uh, I don't know if that's the right word. But, like, you never want to be defined by that kind of thing, but you've got to play the game. So I've definitely used, tried to use it to my advantage, for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, you gotta In the entertainment industry, you have to use everything that you... You know, everything anything that, that you different. can. Yeah, anything that sets you apart. Yeah. And some of that might be the stuff that, you know, you've had to overcome in the past. Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. it's really, really kind of, as you said, yeah, kind of a catch-22 because uh, you, use, you use the correct word because some of it people could embrace you for, but some of it could be like, well, can she learn a dance routine type thing yeah. with with that so i understand mm -hmm. completely where you're coming from um you mentioned that uh the lady from heart and celine dion were your biggest inspirations do you have anybody else that like really inspires you to create not in particular like not a consistent single person <clears throat> um or just what of, inspires you to create? Like, honestly, a lot of times it's just a matter of, like, a certain instrumental pattern that comes into my head, like a melody or music. And then <clears throat> I'm like, oh, that sounds really good. I'll just keep building on that. And um, then I have a melody and an instrumentation kind of thought out. But it always happens in the weirdest places. Like, if I'm in the shower or one time it happened when I was getting a haircut. Like it just, uh, it just pops into my head. Nothing in particular really like sparks it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it, like it's weird. A lot of times people do get their best ideas. Like when they're, you know, halfway in autopilot, like when you're in the shower, if you're mm -hmm. out like running or if you're doing something where you're not necessarily thinking about your regular day to day. Uh, I was on a roller coaster when I thought of one of my songs. So. Oh, yeah. Which, which song was <laughs> yeah. that? Which song was that? It was never released. Okay. Uh, it was like, it's like a rock track that um, never quite made the cut. But it's just amazing the places that you come up with stuff. Yeah, yeah, you never know when you're going to be inspired. So, mm -hmm. um, like, 
you've been through a lot getting to where you are right now. Uh, mm-hmm. What is some advice that you would have for um, for people looking to get started out in the music industry? I really can mostly speak for singers. Um, just go. It's, sometimes it can be as simple as singing karaoke because you never know who's in the audience and um, just getting in touch with your local recording studios and that's kind of if you have stuff that you've written and um, just sing wherever you can because exposure is so important and having people know who you are is so important and I would say from the beginning because that's kind of advice everyone gives but I would I would stress that good vocal health habits are so important. Like people don't realize you only get one voice and a lot of people just don't think about the things you have to do to take care of it. And um, I would say that's, even though that's not directly a tip of how to get started, that's something that I think people should take into consideration when they do get started. What are some things to do to take care of your voice? Um, drink lots of water. <laughs> okay. Um, be really careful about anything that dries out your vocal cords because that kind of is counterproductive when you sing. So, um, I, I don't like to drink dairy or eat chocolate like the day of a, the day of a performance because that kind of makes me more phlegmy, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, I was like, does dairy Little dry out like your that. vocal cords? No, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it makes you it more phlegmy. It doesn't, it's just like... Gotcha. It's, yeah. It's not even that it creates music, mucus necessarily. It's just like so thick, it has the same kind of effect. Um, and I think drinking water is the biggest takeaway. Like, the biggest that's takeaway? That's so important. And stay away from smoke and all that kind of stuff. Okay, is there anything that, you know... Like, a lot of people may think, okay, water, that's good. Is there something that is kind of, like, you wouldn't have ever thought of that you found out that is good for your voice? So, there's this tea, throat coat, it's called. It's, like, a licorice tea. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> but sometimes, <laughs> like, when I'm really sick and I have to perform, I kind of power through and drink it anyway. Um, it, um, Any kind of mint tea is pretty good and it tastes a lot better (laughs) so i drink that too all right all right cool that's good that's good to know i know a lot of singers Mm -hmm. who have done like throat coat or like if their throat is sore they like take some honey like Mm -hmm. like just like straight honey and that like kind of soothes their throat for the show i wish i could do that i do not like honey (laughs) you don't like honey what is wrong with you I think when I was a kid and I was sick, like my grandma would take like a spoon of it and just like shove it in my mouth, like drink it. It's <laughs> made uh, it worse. Man, <laughs> man, that grandma ruined your love for honey. That's too I bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, what what do you do to promote yourself as a singer? Um, Facebook is a big thing. Um, with my Facebook page because you can buy advertisement and run ads and target them toward the people you want to target them to. Um, and I just try to perform wherever I can. So that kind of gets me out there. Like I said earlier, like singing out 
anywhere, open mics, even a karaoke bar. I've <clears throat> I've gotten gigs from singing karaoke, so um, I don't I don't take any I don't um kind of frown upon any opportunity to get yourself out there. Really, as a as an actual recording artist, you don't look down upon karaoke at all. No, I you're not like you're just a karaoke superstar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I think it's almost kind of like arrogant to do that because, like, there are some really good singers. When you go to karaoke bars, sometimes like you got, of course, like the drunk people who are just having a good time. Which, hey, more power, more power to you. If, um, I like to do stuff that I'm not good at for fun too. So it's like, you know, Fair but enough. you also have like you um the person that comes in and sings really awesome i've met some great singers through that too so yeah i don't think it's beneath anyone okay say. all right i just i i got sick of karaoke i got sick of hearing people like ruin songs that i liked mm-hmm. and stuff like that I was like no no <laughs> or just singing songs <laughs> over and over the same songs that i didn't like but you know, that's I think just, I've done that point too, but I think it's different than saying like you're above it and like you can't that kind of thing. Gotcha. All right, I I can we can meet on uh, common ground there. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Facebook, get out, promote yourself, even if it's singing karaoke. People might hear you. And you've actually gotten jobs from singing karaoke. That's kind of I have. <laughs> But open mics are great, too, if you have, like, original content. Um, meeting other artists is so important. Networking. Because when you – I've done a lot of collaborations, too, and that's really helped me. Yeah, okay. So what would be one of the one of the highlights of your career so far? Not necessarily the highlight, but, you know, just a highlight, a good story that you like to tell or something like that. I think releasing my EP was a huge highlight for me because it was like I came to LA to do music and um, I met an awesome producer and for the first time we built most of my tracks from the ground up. Like I would come in and actually kind of play things out on the keyboard and it just started from there and we built and built and built and I felt so much more like, even though I'd done like original songs and demos before this time, I was in complete control. Like all of this was all me. And, um, and he's a great writing partner too. Like he has just the best ideas. So, um, it was a huge highlight because I finally found someone I can create music with and that's why I jumped into an album because we just I couldn't stop so um also I had I had tried to get my stuff on iTunes before I could never figure it out and that was kind of the first time (laughs) I was able to do that so okay that 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 is good like uh, when you find that chemistry that's uh that's a big thing too when you find somebody that you work with and work with well that's that's mm-hmm. something that uh you know can really make a big difference yeah okay so i know your favorite part of the performance is the recording either live or recording what do you want 
uh, somebody listening to take away to remember? I think it really depends on the song, but overall I would say that I'm someone who can't be stopped and you should be the same way because nobody can, people can tell you like, oh, you really shouldn't do that and stuff. But at the end of the day, like you have to follow your dreams. You have to do exactly what your passion is or else you won't be happy. That is probably one of the best answers that I've heard to that question. (laughs) 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 Thank you. All right. I got another question for you. But Mm -hmm. before we get to that question, I want uh, you to let people know where they can find you, where they can find your music, how they can get a hold of you, your social media, all that good stuff. And uh, what and another chance to plug your album coming up and stuff like that. So where can people find you? Where can they get a hold of you and where can they get your music? So um, all the information is on my website, daniellehmusic.com. A lot of my social media is the same, Danielle H Music, uh, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud. um, And my music is available. You can find the links on my website, uh, Amazon, iTunes, all the digital retailers. I also have hard copies that I can send. Um, And my email address is there as well, so... There's definitely a lot of ways to get a hold of me, for sure. All right, great. And I'll include those in your uh, show notes. And once again, you have a yet-to-be-titled album coming out later this summer. Mm-hmm. And then the Wanna Party Artist compilation, correct? Yes. And they, where can they get that? Obviously, they'll probably be able to get it through your, your site, but can they find it on iTunes, find it on... Uh, where oh, will yeah, they I'm be sure able to find be... that? Um, I'm still kind of I don't know all the details but I'm sure that it's going to be on all the digital retailers and I'm sure there's going to be hard copies too I'll have all that information up on my website like you said and on my Facebook my Facebook is probably the most frequently updated um, site with my music okay so um, definitely follow me there and yeah all right great so I have the final question for you the title question of the show Danielle how do you live uncontained I just I just kind of let my passions drive me. Luckily, um, luckily I've grown up in an environment where I was always able to do and try whatever I wanted, sports, all this kind of stuff. So um, I just, when I have something, my mind set on something, it's like there's not a question. I just have to do it. And I'm an adrenaline junkie, so fear kind of just drives me even more. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um I, I heard you mention playing sports. Mm-hmm. How, like, what sports did you play, and how, like, and how did uh, blindness affect that? So, um, <clears throat> I was really lucky in that when I was in elementary school, my dad um, taught the PE instructor. Like, he was one of my dad's students. So my dad was basically like, if I ever find out you excluded my daughter from anything, you're Dead meat, basically. Okay. <laughs> so I got to play with all the other kids and pretty much everything. And I've done kickboxing off and on my entire life. I still take classes and stuff. And um, lately I've gotten into obstacle course racing. So that's been fun. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Are, now, I just have to ask, like, are you completely blind? Do you just see black or do you see lights and I stuff like that? I can see light yet? and dark. Yeah. Okay. 
So, yeah. so that, that actually, and that's actually really helpful yes. in a lot of situations. So I'm thankful for what I have for sure. And I was trying to imagine running through an obstacle course with like both eyes completely black. <laughs> wow, that that's awesome. I'm glad that uh, you have not let uh, your challenges stop you and uh, have them help motivate you to, you know, continue chasing your dreams. Yeah. And Danielle, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. I have one thing left for you to do. And I have all my guests do this. Will you do me the favor <laughs> of uh, signing off the show? Okay. Hi, this is Danielle Hollibaugh, and I live uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thanks again to Danielle Hollibaugh for joining me. Please like us, subscribe, and share on whatever pod player you are listening to us on. You can also support the show by getting to uncontainedpod.com and clicking that Amazon banner at the top of the page. You all know how that works by now. So thank you for listening, and next week it's back to the real world for me, and I will have better-sounding intros and outros, I promise. Thank you, and until next time, live uncontained.